Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your illustrious host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube if it's your first time here. Thank you so much for coming. Take a seat wherever you would like. You're so welcome in this class. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I stand you. I love you. I'm in your fandom. You guys, right now, life is hitting me harder than it hit Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan in 2007, because as you know... Or if you don't know, last week, my TikTok account was hacked viciously by a hacker who tried to get into my bank information, stole my Venmo, all my subscription services. I had to cancel my banks. It was a huge brouhaha. He made me lose 8,000 followers, deleted 8 million likes worth of content. So that happened. And then two days later, I get struck down by the biggest hoe in the world who likes to go in literally everyone's body, Miss Coronavirus. Yeah, I got COVID and hacked in the same fucking week. So I should probably just give up on life. That's what I'm thinking right now. And my friend came in from Florida to visit me this weekend and we went out to dinner and then my roommate texted me, hey, I have COVID and I start like sniffling and I realized, oh my God, I can't be out at this big group dinner. So I literally leave halfway through because I just cannot be a super spreader like these soulless super spreaders are like how does that not weigh on their conscience? so i go home and i isolate all weekend and it was literally fucking terrible but at least i'm still sexy anyway let's get into this week's topics so first we're going to talk about how jennifer lopez and ben affleck are engaged oh my god and we're going to review all of jennifer lopez's past engagements and it is a longer history book than your western civilization class and we're going to talk about kim giving more details about why she divorced kanye and how she tells the kids how their divorce is going on and how chris jenner kind of influenced her to divorce kanye and then we're going to talk about how amy schumer is still hated by everyone why she's hated by everyone and a new lie detector test that she took that either proved or disproved that she steals jokes from everyone because she's apparently the biggest joke stealer in the comedy world but before we get into that if you can just rate this podcast five star on spotify and apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening leave a review take a screenshot post it on your instagram story and tag me and let all your friends know what amazing fucking podcast you're listening to every single day and i will respond to you and follow you and we can have a chit chat in the dms so yeah welcome to your favorite monday wednesday friday class pop culture university classes in session take your seats JLo said, don't be fooled by the rocks that she got. And by that, she meant her wedding rings because she has a lot. She now has six of them. She's had more engagements than I've had talking phases, more diamonds than K Jewelers itself. Someone's going to start targeting her for all this money that she has. But anyway, JLo and Ben Affleck are officially engaged. Woo! Work, slay. 
Jennifer confirmed on her fan newsletter on the J-Lo, get it like on the low, on the J-Lo, that she was engaged to Ben Affleck and she was looking at her ring in the video that she posted on it. She was crying and all emotional and so happy. She posted a little preview of the video on her Instagram, but she didn't reveal the news there. She said, bitch, if you want to see the ring and know what's going on, you better go to on the JLo.com and get through that paywall. So the ring is green, like a light olive green, which I was a little bit startled by at first because to me it's like what if the thing about a green ring is like what if it doesn't go with my outfit what if i'm wearing an all red outfit and suddenly i look like christmas like did ben have that in mind when he was picking out the ring he has to be very careful about these details but she loves it um the green apparently symbolizes renewal for them and because that is what like the lime olive green color is supposed to represent so she's down for that the ring is 8.5 carats many carrots more than bugs bunny and cost 10 million dollars fuck damn i'm actually flabbergasted by that price holy shit wow you would have to get me high on the strongest injection of heroin to convince me to buy someone a 10 million dollar ring she said love don't cost a thing except a fat wedding ring okay damn half of her fucking net worth is in these things shit anyway they've been dating for less than a year they started publicly making appearances in april 2021 so even if they were talking for a few months before that it seems as though it's been about a year which is very much like j-lo on her past habits of relationships which we will get into but if you guys do not already know they were together back in the past so they got engaged in 2002 exactly 20 years ago and then officially called it quits in 2004 so maybe they'll call it off again in 2024 i'm not trying to spend any bread juju on them but maybe history will repeat itself her last engagement ring that ben gave her was a pink diamond that was 6.2 carats 2.5 million dollars back in the day in 2002 now with inflation it's probably worth 100 million (laughs) dollars but they now this time you know they went to the other end of the color spectrum from pink to green so they don't want the past to renew itself they want something completely new not manifesting a breakup again um so let's look at j-lo's past engagements and we're gonna get into why they didn't work out in 2002 but honey we we need to start from the top from the top make a drop because j-lo you know it's not her fault everyone wants to get engaged to her she just has a lot of past engagements the first one started all the way back in 1997 when jayla was just 28 and it was to ohani noah who she met while she was filming her movie blood and wine in miami and she was spending a few months down there to film it and the miami sun must have been going to her brain because you know people do crazy things in miami like that's what miami's known for which is why i need to go there one day to fuck some shit up and get some content for my life But she married someone after only knowing him for about nine months. And he was just working in a restaurant that she happened to go to and meet. And I guess fell in love. Um, You know, everyone wants that to happen when they're just working at a restaurant. Meet a famous person. Fall in love. It kind of sounds like a bad rom-com. And, you know, that's probably why J-Lo has so many bad rom-coms. Because her life is kind of like a bad rom-com at this point. So they didn't last very long. They got... Well, they called off their engagement after less than a year. So, girl, if you're 28 and you think time is running out for you, don't worry, because there's so much opportunity as JLo is about to show us. And her second engagement, she did not get engaged to P. Diddy, by the way. She did date P. Diddy after that um, engagement with Ohana. She did not date P. Diddy. Ohani, I'm sorry. The next engagement was Chris Judd, who was her dancer and choreographer. 
They got engaged in 2002 for nine months. And they met while she was filming her music video for Love Don't Cost a Thing. And dancers are usually, like, really hot. I feel like that's, like, a gateway into, like, getting with a celebrity because Arna Grande dated her background dancer. Like, they almost got married and stuff. Um, Wrote some songs about Ricky. That's her background dancer. Let me me just tell you, Chris Jodd was not very cute. I was shocked they got engaged when I saw him. Like, is she going to marry anyone? Like, the next person, like, you know, if you bump into J-Lo on the street... Maybe you can be her next husband because Chris was basic. They did not last long. I'm not surprised. Next um, is Ben. Ben Affleck. So they met while they were making their movie Jiggly, which was actually one of JLo's biggest hits. So they clearly worked together. Great. They had that chemistry. They were like the Beyonce and Jay-Z of their time. They were to 2002 sex symbols. That photo of Ben rubbing her ass on a boat. Um, They eventually got engaged with her fat ass wedding ring but they called off their wedding just four days before the ceremony and blamed it not on each other but on the press because there was extensive media attention on it people were like gathering outside of their venue and they didn't think it would be a day to represent the love they have for each other and it would be overshadowed by the stress and the mess of the media so that's why they said you know the marriage never happened but two months later they actually just called it off completely and they weren't really in love anymore so the paparazzi actually did one productive good thing in a celebrity's life they probably just didn't actually want to marry each other the whole time that was a good excuse because they really were getting like bombarded berated like getting no privacy so kind of sounds like a way out for j-lo um j-lo said that was like her first big heartbreak you know, sorry to the two men she was engaged to before, but that was her first big heartbreak. The first one that really affected her. Oh, honey and Chris are like crying right now, but that kind of left things hanging. Like, why didn't they last? You know, what happened? Will they reunite one day? But then she got with Mark Anthony less than a year later, less than a year later, September, 2003, and then got engaged in 2004. Like she goes so fucking fast, like pump the brakes, girl. She has like an on and off season of when she's engaged, like a sports team. She's on half the year, off the other half of the year. She falls in love faster than my ex would finish. Anyway, she clearly does not learn from the past, it seems. Or does she? Because her engagement to Mark Anthony actually led to them getting married in 2004 for seven years until 2011. And she actually had two kids with him. So not only did that one last more than the other three combined, but she actually got something out of it. And obviously her and Mark are still talking, co-parenting and everything like that. So I I would say that one is a win for her. They unfortunately got divorced in 2011 and have been friends since. They like worked together so good for them. Her fifth is with Casper, one of her background dancers again. You know, being a background dancer is how you get in. He was 17 years younger than her. People weren't sure if... They were engaged, but there was like rumors about it, but it did not last very long. They just did not have what it takes to go all the way, I guess. The love was not deep enough, and they split up in 2013. And then six, most recently, J-Lo and A-Rod, 2017 to 2021. I truly thought they were going to be together forever. They would go everywhere together. They were such like a big Hollywood A-list couple. They got engaged, and it was like a huge moment for them, and their families met and were blended and like would almost like live together sometimes. So I was like genuinely shocked. I really thought JLo found the one with him, but I guess not because now she is back with Ben. Benifer, the originators of the couple's name, 
are now together and i guess this is what just was meant to be so i'm happy for them i'm writing for them i'm gonna support them so what can we learn girl get engaged as many times as you want if you want to express your love to someone by doing such a big commitment and um gesture to them express your love that way don't worry if it's gonna end just feel your love and do what you want to do in the moment life is short um i think you should just feel all the way if that makes sense don't worry if it's going to be embarrassing if it ends and you know what is everyone else going to think if you want to get married seven times do it who cares we can judge j-lo for all her engagements and people probably do i've seen the jokes this week but she's out here living and loving and she likes having a commitment and if you do too then do it you know i'm gonna get engaged today fuck next person i bump into on the street i'm getting engaged too Kim Kardashian is offering new insight as to why her and Kanye's marriage ended, besides the obvious. And as expected, the devil, Chris Jong-un, was the reason. Say it with me, because the devil works hard, but Kris Jenner works harder. So, Kim and all the Kardashians did that deep dive interview on ABC this week for them to promote their new Hulu show, which, by the way, the countdown for the Hulu show has begun. It is premiering on Wednesday night. That's what we're going to talk about on Wednesday, but it's three days. I'm like counting down. I've made like a Chinese countdown calendar. Um, I'm going to make Times Square construct a ball for us to drop when it premieres. I'm so excited. Three days. Gear up. Get Hulu if you don't, by the way. Come on. But anyway, in their interview, Robin Roberts, that investigative reporter that we all love, asked Kim the hard-hitting real questions and about, you know, why did she decide to really cut the ties with Kanye? And she said... My mom used to always cry to me when I was in these bad relationships. And, you know, college and years ago, she used to say all of that, that all she wants for her kids and all I want for you is peace of mind. And when I woke up and realized that I don't have that, that's all that I was looking for. Um, Kim also said that she remembers seeing her own mother stay in relationships for too long and it taught her the importance of finding her inner peace. She then said, I saw my mom stay in relationships for way too long and she wasn't happy. I realized everyone's going to heal quicker if I just make the move instead of not being my authentic self and not finding my inner peace. Yeah, I mean, you know what they say, only fools stick around when the love is gone. And at the end of the day, life is about being happy and about being yourself. So I think Kim made the absolute right move. And people can say, Chris Jenner is like this evil devil orchestrating things, but I think Chris also has amazing wisdom and insight. She's been through so much and has done so much. So I think Kim took good advice from Chris, and I think that's such a valid reason to end things with someone. I actually think the number one best reason to just not be with some any with someone anymore is that you're just not happy. You're just not in love with them anymore. And that really sucks. And it's kind of hard to explain to the other person, but you just know when you just don't feel it anymore and when the love is just not there. So I totally respect her and kim and kanye are actually doing better now she said that they talk every day because they kind of have to for the kids but it's been easier and she even said gave a little insight into how the kids feel about 
their divorce and about everything going on with Kanye online. And she said that she has a really open and honest dialogue with them. And the younger ones don't really understand what's going on as much. But with the older ones, North and Saint, who are, I believe, um, eight and five, no, eight and six, they know what's going on. So North and Saint know what's going on. Um, She said, even in this crazy life that we live, you just have to have a really open dialogue with them. So I'm sure North and Saint do know what's going on. Obviously, if you no longer live together, you kind of have to explain to your kids what's going on. I'm sure they know the basis. You know, she probably sat them down and was like, mommy and daddy, you know, are having problems, adult problems. We're not in love anymore. Um, And then kind of just broke the news that they're not going to live together anymore. I'm sure they don't know like all the posts and what Connie's doing to her online. But I'm sure she does have explanations about maybe why people are talking bad about him like oh like daddy's going through a hard time he is being a bully to mom online she always says she's very protective of him and his mental illness that he struggles with so i'm sure she says it in the nicest way trying to convey that kanye um is just very like opinionated and expressive to the kids she's not going to say like oh he has a mental illness but she is going to explain to them that he maybe is doing inappropriate things and that's why he's not allowed here anymore and he's like facing consequences and things like that it'd be so exhausting to be a kardashian too by the way because like with our parents you know a normal person's parents all we can google about them is like their linkedin profile but if you're the kardashians kids you can literally see their whole life unfold you turn on a television you see it you just open your twitter and you see it like you open TikTok, like, thanks to me, and they can potentially see it. So they really have to jump on um, having that conversation with them first and telling the narrative to their kids how they want them to see it in a nice way. And it'd be so hard trying to, like, police their phones and everything like that. Like, what they see and what they don't see. That would be a huge headache. And they are, they're, the Kardashians are doing, like, parenting in expert mode. Like, they got to be extra diligent with their kids and their internet safety don't even get me started on kim's sex tape like what if that came up on their phones or some annoying kid at school like pff, showed that to them but they just have to have open conversations with them quick and kim said at the end of the day she wants to be honest with them and she wants them to be happy and healthy and think the world of their dad and they do and that is just honestly incredible thank god that family has kim she's legitimately so smart and poised as she says calmness is her superpower kim is always thinking big picture and how things are going to affect her and her family in the long run and she's held that family together by taking the high road imagine if the mother was like just as erratic as kanye and what damage they could potentially do to their kids kim really saved them and made it so they can have a peaceful relationship and good co-parenting family dynamic these days. So everyone can thank her for that. Like imagine if like Kanye and Azalea Banks were married, their kids would be, they would just have ran away. Like the $60 million house wouldn't be enough to keep them there. Um, but yeah, when my parents got divorced, cause my parents are divorced as like more than 50% of parents are these days. Um, I was actually in between North and Saints age. So I feel like I can give good insight on this, like how a kid would feel. And like, I never really felt bad about it, but I didn't really understand it that much. But looking back, like Kim said, like, I am just so happy that my parents found people who make them happy and like didn't stay in a relationship they didn't want to. So I think everything worked out for the best. And it's just the best feeling that they just found people who they love and everything like that. So not only is Kanye now divorced from Kim, but he's also divorced from reality. So he is going to get help now. Um, he's told Kim and the kids that he's done harassing her online. He's done making public appearances until he gets help. 
Um, and he's doing this for the sake of the kids. Probably like his new strategy to try to get Kim back. Harassing her didn't work. Staying quiet didn't work. So now he's going to go pretend to get help somewhere. Or hopefully he actually will. But um, obviously he canceled his Coachella appearances. And he hasn't posted for a long time. So he seems to be sticking to it. He's looking for treatment places with his team right now. And he's looking for a center with a luxury component, apparently. Which, I mean, yeah, if I was Kanye West, I would go to the uppermost fanciest mental hospital. Um, his team said, West team has been looking for treatment facilities for him. He wants to enter a behavioral treatment center to be a better human and a better dad. So good for him. I hope this all works out and he gets the help he needs. I feel like after 2018, when he got help, he actually did have like a really good um, streak after that kind of for a little bit. But then obviously it got bad again. So hopefully he can just stick to it this time and taking the high road really, really worked out for Kim because now Kanye's getting help. He's quiet and they can have a good co-parenting relationship. So good for her. And she also found her happiness with Pete Davidson. Um, They attended their first event together at the Kardashians Hulu premiere. He didn't like take any photos with her on the red carpet, but he was there and Kim was saying how happy she is that he's so supportive and such a great boyfriend. And he got her the cutest Valentine's Day gift was, which was, um, the rug and the costumes that they wore in the SNL skit where they kissed for the first time. Ah! And, you know, Kim loves Jasmine, so she was probably so happy to get that outfit. And that skit, I'm still not over how it was, like, so foreshadowing their whole relationship because the skit was about how uh, Kim was playing Jasmine, this, like, rich, bougie princess who has dated the most, like, um, affluent, like, princes in all of the world and... Pete was just playing Aladdin, who was, like, a lowly, like, street rat, who was, like, poor. And it was about them having a conversation how, like, is Kim too good for him? Or is Jasmine too good for Aladdin? And Jasmine was reassuring him that she just loves him for him. And now I feel like that's what's going on in real life. So that whole skit is just so wild to me. And I feel like they're going to be together for a long time, which is what she said. She said she's a relationship girl, so she wouldn't be spending time with someone this much or go public with someone or meet their kids if she didn't see them being together for a long time. Can you believe it was real? Guys, I, I, it, it wasn't a PR stunt. But anyway, what can we learn from this? Even though it's less fun, maybe, and less satisfying, taking the high road will probably work out for you for the best. In the end, taking the high road really sets yourself up for the future. It leaves no beef behind, no ill feelings behind. And honestly, if you do have beef with someone, you don't want to be brought down to their level and potentially do something stupid that's going to give you like permanent consequences. So... Just set yourself up for the long run and take the high road because it is honestly the easiest. Maybe not the most fun, but the easiest. Before we continue on with the show, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. 
a lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit into other people's expectations and the more freeing solution is to find things that just work for you noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you that's why noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle it's flexible and focuses on progress not perfection allowing you to work towards your goals at a pace that's comfortable to you Noom Way makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track. With personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finished the program, and more than 60% of users that engage with the program kept the weight off for more than a year. So start building better habits for healthier, long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash Believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Khloe Kardashian like fights for her life on social media every week, but she is someone who does not give a fuck. Khloe Kardashian is a low, down, and dirty straight fighter. She will respond to the trolls any chance she gets. So this week, she is being bullied, basically. <laughs> like she is all the time, for holding her daughter true too much. People have noticed now, apparently, that in like every single photo Chloe has ever taken with True, she is holding her and not putting her down and letting her frolic and be free and saying she's an overprotective, overbearing, creepy, clingy parent. Like, you know, those types of parents who just don't let their kids out of their sight. They're basically saying that that is what Chloe's doing, especially at their Hulu show premiere. Every single photo Chloe was holding True, not letting her roam around the carpet um and people were kind of hating for her hating her on twitter they were saying chloe should put true down and let her grace the red carpet in style carrying her like that looks ridiculous other people were saying that that is not healthy and true needs to learn to get some independence she's old enough she should be able to walk around on her own that's not good for her mental growth someone else said oh my god yeah she's not a damn baby put her down and people were just kind of like shitting on chloe's parenting in general so chloe of course snapped back she she had time today she had time so she actually chloe always has has time she said for the people who comment that i hold true too much dot dot motherfucking dot number one i'm gonna hold my baby until i can't hold her anymore number two when there's tons of cameras around flashing lights paps yelling things i want my baby to feel safe worry about your own children we're good over here per chloe her honestly i couldn't agree with her more why do you why do you think chloe would put her down at a massive event with hundreds of people she probably didn't even like bring true into the event afterwards she probably just wanted a few cute pics you know holding her on her waist and then probably sent her home with trashton thompson to spend the night there it was a hectic day she just wanted her to get hurt there's a lot of like cameras flashing lights expensive things around Chloe was probably holding true for the sake of everyone else, too. Lots of expensive things around. Don't want her to break anything. And so I totally understand that that is just Chloe's parenting style. And if she wants to be a little bit overprotective because she's a Kardashian and they're literally targets and their kids are just targets because of the life they live, I totally respect Chloe for that. And I think the haters can just eat it you know and maybe she likes to hold true as an accessory their outfits matched yesterday you know maybe true's a cute accessory for her maybe true accentuates her waist or something like maybe that's why she's holding her so anyway also happy birthday true it's her fourth birthday today um make sure to hit the nene today true and turn up to mo bamba I don't know. I feel like all kids do that at their parties nowadays. She actually did have a party and there was like a really cute balloons. It was like cat themed. She literally got like a bunch of kittens to like just play with. They were like roaming around and there was like horsies there and they like made slime and there was like cute 
cookies and cakes and very much so a kardashian like baby party one of the first ones at her new house so again happy birthday true you're an icon Amy Schumer has received a lot of acclaim in her life as a comedian. Love her or hate her. She's one of the biggest female comedians. You got to give it up. She just hosted the Oscars, which is one of the biggest events and positions and jobs a comedian can get literally in the world. But has she lied, cheated, and stole her way to get there? A lot of people think so. So I made a TikTok about why everyone hates Amy Schumer, but then my hacker took it down for some reason. He just didn't like it or something. Um, So we're kind of going to go over that again. But now there's a major update about her lie detector test, about if she steals jokes. So anyway, Amy Schumer has kind of like a really bad public image, probably one of the most hated celebrities of the current time. You've probably seen the slander of her online. She seems to have a lot of supporters as well, but there's a lot of passionate hatred towards her too. So let's go over a few reasons why. The first one is that she's racially tone deaf, people say. She copied Beyonce's formation right after it came out with just her and her white friends, and that song was about black culture and empowerment, so people thought that that was absolutely so stupid that her um, affluent rich white lady friends would like make a parody music video to that right after it came out just so they can dance and look cute kind of like watering down beyonce's message and then she had a stint at the mtv movie awards as a host where she joked that latin women were crazy perpetuating stereotypes all night she also said that nothing works 100 percent of the time except mexicans which is, is so problematic and then Lastly, about Latino men, she insinuated they're rapists and said, I used to date Hispanic guys, but now I prefer consensual, which is absolutely insane. So that's one reason people don't like her. Number two is that people think she's self-important. She thinks that she's more established in the comedy world than she is. Um, She's compared herself to legends like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, and people don't think that's right. And one time she turned down an $11 million Netflix deal because she wanted more money. She thought she was worth more. So people just think she's like ungrateful and uh, too arrogant. The third one is that she's generally unfunny, obviously. That's why a lot of people don't like her. They say that her humor is like unevolved and for older crowds, and it feels like it was written a decade ago, and she relies on being crude and making gross jokes about her vagina or nasty like bodily functions, and she just overdoes the whole bodily function and vagina jokes. And they just say she's so tired and reliant on being crude, and it's not funny. Fourth is that um, she's actually admitted to SAing someone, sexually assaulting someone, but she actually got like positive feedback for this from a lot of people because she literally confessed to it in a speech while accepting an award, and like people clapped, and a lot of people like looked over it, but some people noticed that that's not okay. The story that she told, but anyway, she told the story how she went to like hook up with a guy once when she was younger and when she went there he was like super super drunk and in the quote she said it's mad but not really he's there but not really his face is kind of distorted his eyes seem like he can't focus on me at all um and she said then came the sex so people are like oh my god if he couldn't even focus on you and he wasn't really there why would you do that and then she said that matt was repeatedly falling asleep during the encounter 
so people were flabbergasted that she admitted to that and literally think she should get like legal repercussions and she also confessed to sexually assaulting her male cab driver one time when she was on a podcast she was like casually laughing about it but like i guess like nobody cared but um she admitted to like forcefully grabbing the driver's hands and putting it in her pants on her lady parts and getting the driver to touch around down there um and the host said so you sa'd that guy and amy replied yeah i know when i tell the story i say i let the cab driver touch me but i really took his hand and put it down there so not okay i don't get how people like still let her off for that like if that was any male life over and that's very obvious and i feel like obviously i i wouldn't say this is like a double like a double standard because it's not like a bunch of like women are doing this i would just say this is like an amy schumer problem like why the fuck did she do that and yeah anyway the fifth reason which is what we're going to talk about is there's massive rumors that amy schumer is um the most notorious joke stealer in all of the comedy world and that is like the biggest cardinal sin in the comedy world that like stealing jokes from other comedians is just not okay other female comedians like tammy pescatelli said underground this has been said for a while but i still want amy to do well i just want it to be her own material so female comedians are supportive that she's like blowing up and like making a name for herself and repping female comedians but they just wish she did it with more morals basically and there's like 30 minute compilations of her stealing jokes and i'm gonna play some and they're like uncannily stolen so just listen to the original than hers. I performed a lot of private schools, I was telling you, a lot of religious schools. I wonder what, what goes on with religion. I never knew what to believe with that. I don't ever know what the Virgin Mary story, you know what I mean? Did God and Virgin Mary make Jesus? And I think the reason we don't know on that is because we didn't have Mari Povich back then doing the paternity test. Um, and that would have been a fantastic episode, wouldn't it? Just Mari Povich and Virgin Mary sitting there. I think that that would be the best ever Mari Povich baby daddy show. Don't you? Can you imagine how amazing that would be? I think he can do it. He's got the power. Like, half the crowd would be priests, half rabbis. And the panel is Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. You have a gorilla mask? Gorilla mask? That's you, you come in a face, right? And then take some pubic hair and throw it at her. Lincoln, that's where he, the guy trims his pubes, comes on the girl's face, and then throws the pubes. So she has that facial hair. Yeah, isn't that fucking insane? And then when she hosted the Oscars, there was even more evidence that she stole jokes because there was like a thread of tweets with two jokes um, about Leonardo DiCaprio and Don't Look Up that she stole both from that were before the Oscars and she stole them both almost word for word. So the first one said, Leonardo DiCaprio is so passionate about climate change because he wants to leave behind a better world for his girlfriends. And the second one said, it's called Don't Look Up because they don't want you to Google the reviews. So she copied them and changed them a little bit so the teacher wouldn't notice that she copied. Here is the clip. What other movies are nominated? Don't Look Up is nominated. Yes. Yep. I guess the Academy members don't look up reviews. <laughs> and I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, what can I even say about him? It's, he's done so much to fight climate change and leave behind a cleaner, 
greener planet for his girlfriends. Now, I understand that if you're going to joke about Leonardo DiCaprio, those are like two of the most obvious jokes to talk about. He's obsessed with climate change and all his girlfriends are so young. So I would think like those are pretty obvious jokes. But at the same time, it's just too much a coincidence that they were right by each other. And those are the two exact, almost exact wording that she uses. Um, I get you should like take inspiration for jokes. And that'd be totally fine if she does take inspiration. But she then said very boldly, on a lie detector test that she has never stolen a joke and she hasn't even taken inspiration for a joke. But, but, the needle moved. The needle literally moved. Which I think that means, because I've watched all these like Vanity Fair lie detector things, I'm pretty sure that means she lied. Why would she set herself up like that? And why would she let them ask her that question? Now, the lie detector person who was like reading the test she didn't say, oh, you were lying because it'd be so awkward. That would like ruin her career. So Amy Schumer just kind of like looked over at her and like gave her like a death stare. Like if you fucking exposed me, like I will pull like a Clinton family move on you. Basically meaning you will be killed and never heard of ever again. Like the Clintons. So she didn't say anything, but just listen to the clip. It's so awkward. Coming up with new material is difficult. Have you ever stolen a joke? No. Yes, she's telling the truth. What about an idea for a sketch? No. An idea for a character? No. Let me rephrase. Have you ever taken inspiration for a joke from somebody else? No. So yeah, she says she never stole a joke, but it's it's extremely obvious that she has. So I don't know why she would lie like that. Why she guts to lie? This is evidence now that lie detectors I just don't think are real. Like, that compilation, those jokes, the Oscar jokes, they're all just so much alike. There's no way to lie out of that. And Amy, it's fine. Just it, like if you said you took inspiration, like that's totally fine. Like I'm sure most comedians have taken inspiration. Like there's only so much that people can find funny, but come on, don't expose yourself like that. So anyway, what can we learn from this? I think we can learn that there's an important difference between inspiration and replication. I think it's totally okay to be inspired by someone and see that something that they did was really cool and kind of be astounded by it and want to like make it your own and put a little twist on it and kind of build upon it. Inspiration is great. We love it. If you give credit, very important, but it's not okay to replicate someone and then just not give credit. Replication is kind of just like theft. It's very unoriginal, uninspired, tired, upsetting, and no one likes being copied from someone else. But taking inspiration and letting someone know how awesome they are and how they impacted you, I think is the best and healthy. And we love that. And that's what Amy should have done. So anyways, thank you guys for joining me at Pop Culture University today. Hope you had a good time hanging out. I hope you are equipped with some tea to talk to your friends about. I hope you laughed a little bit, got some cute little nuggets of wisdom to take with you and just had a great time. If you did, you know you should leave this podcast a five star on Spotify and Apple Podcast and take a screenshot of you listening to it. Post it on your Instagram story because it's so amazing and everyone wants to know about it and tag me in it. And... I will respond to you and it'll be great. Help get the podcast pushed out there because we don't have a lot of big companies doing that for us. So it would just help the most. But I'm so sorry that it is Monday, but I know that you'll absolutely kill it at work or school today. Just go in with confidence. Be yourself. Own the day. You know, you can make it a great day or not. The choice is up to you. I know it seems like it's not, but you just got to make it a good day. So have the best Monday and I will see you guys on Wednesday. Okay, bye. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh Show. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports Channel.